Hello everyone and welcome back to the Social Outcast. Welcome to episode 4. This is so exciting. Last week literally felt like the longest week of my life and I was thinking like why was that yesterday and I realized I never uploaded a podcast episode last week and so it just felt so long and I missed this so much so I'm so excited to be back. For this week's episode we're going to be talking about the struggles of a brown girl more specifically dating as a brown girl and essentially like what comes with being a brown girl or a brown woman and then having to navigate the dating world and all of the expectations and pressure and restrictions that are placed on us. So I'm super excited for this week's episode and I actually got you guys to submit some of your submissions so I chose a couple and I'm going to be also talking about those and giving you my amateur advice. So if I ruin your life you know, if you end up with the rish the next week that you never wanted, I am not taking accountability. I'm not a licensed professional. I'm not certified to give advice. So take it with a grain of salt. Okay, let's just hop right into it. I literally feel like I am the worst person to be doing this episode. And I was a little apprehensive to do this episode when I put up the poll and I mean, you guys chose this topic. You wanted this. And the reason I say that is because I have like little to no dating experience. I've been in one relationship, still in that relationship, been in that relationship for the past five, almost six years. So yeah, I I haven't really had my fair share of dating experience. I kind of just got into a relationship and I've been with my person for ever since. It's so funny talking about it because I still feel myself like being hesitant to talk hesitant to talk about it and still like feeling like I can't like it's this topic that's off limits even though like everyone in my family knows at this point like my parents know, my grandparents know, my nanny knows, like everyone knows. But I still feel like reservation to talk about it and I don't know if that's just like being a woman and when we talk about dating and our experiences we're kind of we're like shunned from doing so because we want to be looked at or our parents or you know just society in general they want to like preserve us and make us look pure and untouched or whatever so yeah I still find myself like feeling weird talking about it even though everyone in my life that should know does know But yeah, I've only been in one relationship. Um, I met my boyfriend in high school and we've been dating ever since. So (laughs) I don't really have much experience in the dating world. Um, I've just been in a long-term relationship. I never got on the apps. I never did any of that. But I also feel like I don't really talk about my relationship. I'm a very private person when it comes to my relationship. And that's funny I feel nervous talking about this, which, I mean, if you've listened to the past three episodes, no topic has been off limit. I've like shared the most personal and vulnerable moments in my life. Something like losing my brother and talking about my dad's illness. Like in the grand scheme of things, you know, those are at such a higher magnitude than like my relationship, but it's easier for me to talk about those things than my relationship. And I don't I don't know why that is. I honestly don't. I'm like psychoanalyzing myself here. <laughs> but I don't know if it's because like 
I felt like for so long that I couldn't talk about it and I had to keep it private. I've always kept my relationship private and I think there's a difference between secrecy and privacy and I'm not secretive about my relationship. I don't, you know, go out and tell people that I'm single by no means. Um, but I like keeping my relationship private and I feel like a relationship truly should just be between two people and this is just my perspective. You know, if you don't agree with this, that's perfectly fine to each their own and you have the right to navigate your relationship however you'd like. But I keep my relationship private because I feel like it's meant to be between myself and my partner and the more people that you let in, the more people feel like they have a right to... I guess like the more people that you let into your relationship, they kind of feel entitled to give their opinion and feel like entitled to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing and what your partner should and shouldn't be doing. And I've just never liked that. I just, I never wanted anyone to kind of like come in and disrupt what me and my partner have. Well, I think where this initially comes from and why you refrain from putting your relationship online and why some of us have to keep it private is because we don't want our parents to know. We don't want our relatives to know. We don't want anyone to have the power to tell someone before we do. And I've actually heard a lot of stories about people outing other people's relationships and kind of putting them in a position where they have to come forward to their parents before they're even ready or before they even feel like, you know, they want to come forward with this person which is so shitty like why do people do that why do people have to stick their nose in other people's business and just even like aunties and stuff like oh my god auntie if you see like i don't know Preeti out with raj like leave them that fuck alone you don't need to tell Preeti's mom just like you know pretend like you didn't see anything and just walk away but no you know for a fact that that auntie is going to call Breathy's mom and tell her that Breathy's out with a guy and it's just going to cause a whole freaking Indian drama like Nautic at the house. So it's just, I think that's why we kind of feel a sense to keep it like secretive, not secretive, private. And also for me, I'm not very open with my relationship on social media just because I've also seen how that can go super poorly. People are really manipulative and super evil and if they don't like you or if they have a personal issue with you without voicing that issue which I mean come on brown people were notorious for doing that um they tried to ruin your relationship and like people that post the relationship the most on social media are usually the people that are the least like happy in their relationships I don't know Maybe that maybe that's not true. I feel like really scared. I don't want to get canceled, but <laughs> I just feel like like what I said in my first episode, like Breathy is gonna post pictures of her boyfriend on social media, you know, and every other post is gonna be about her boyfriend. Little do you know her boyfriend is cheating on her. People feel like they need to overcompensate and make their relationship look like this fairy tale and that it's picture perfect. When in reality it's really not. And also I feel like social media has just caused people to have such unrealistic and high standards for relationships like even girls even guys like feeling like girls should be doing certain things that they're not or even women feeling like okay well you know you should be doing 
a grand gesture for my birthday and Valentine's Day and you're supposed to go all out and you're supposed to get me designer stuff and you're supposed to get me, you know, we're supposed to go on lavish dates and all of that kind of stuff because I see it on social media and all of these like people on social media that have like, you know, couple channels and like, you know, Instagram pages dedicated to their relationship it's like fake most of the time. Like none of that is real. It's literally just to get like, you know, some money and they feel like they can monetize off of this idea of pushing this perfect relationship onto people because they know that's what people want to see. And people are gravitated to that because that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants like a perfect love story. So they know that they can monetize off of that. But anyways, I just went on a whole tangent, but yeah, I just feel like I've seen how detrimental it can be when you let too many people into your relationship and it truly, it like, it ruins things, I feel like, because people feel entitled. People feel like they can, you know, stick their nose into whatever is going on and they feel like they also have authority to make decisions about your relationships. And what they say is they feel that way because, oh, you let me in to so so much of your relationship you called me every single time you guys got into a fight and all of that and so I try to keep my relationship very private so that's just a little background on my relationship I don't really have much experience with dating I mean I had like some crushes before that oh my god my boyfriend hears this he's not gonna be too happy but yeah I like crushes here and there but like honestly boys never paid attention to me in high school seriously I feel like I just, I started getting male attention in like grade 11. Before that, guys didn't even look my way. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I really internalized that too. And, you know, I was called hairy, fat, ugly, like every name in the book. And when I kind of started caring more about my appearance, like I felt pressured to, you know, shave and wax my mustache because you know if you're brown that comes with the territory of being brown a mustache and um doing my eyebrows wearing makeup wearing nice outfits and it's sad that is when I got male attention and it was solely because of the way that I made myself look rather than you know the person that I was and I mean it's also high school so what do you expect from a bunch of like teenage boys who you know, now they're exposed to like women, but, um, (laughs) yeah, it was really sad. I never got male attention. No one ever looked my way. No one ever cared. I don't think I was all that. Like I definitely was not like the popular pretty girl in high school. So I feel like being brown dating, especially being a brown girl, dating is something that is like a very touchy subject. And what I noticed growing up was the narrative and the conversation around dating was so different between my brother and I. And I feel like this is a reality for a lot of brown girls where literally my brother was in high school. So a couple years ago when he was in high school, he was going on dates and my dad was literally dropping him off to the movie theater to go on dates with girls. And he was like, doing his thing and he was talking to all these different girls and he always used to talk about how you know so many girls liked him and like the chicks dig me and all of that kind of stuff whereas for me the conversation of dating was never brought up for my dad if I even mentioned a boy 
he literally had this look on his face as if he was like so frightened and I know it's like different everyone's gonna say it's different for a father when it comes to his daughter versus his son but it was it was funny because my parents they brought us up saying that there's no difference between you and your brother just because you're a girl doesn't mean that we're gonna treat you any differently than your brother however and that was true my parents were really good about making it so making our household very inclusive and just because I was a girl it didn't mean that I had to do certain things that my brother didn't have to do we were treated very equally the the distinction I saw between my brother and I was apparent when it came to dating and liking boys and versus my brother liking girls and all of that and there was no conversation I never had any conversation around dating or guys or liking boys or entering high school and how that'll bring up like feelings and stuff and I mean for parents especially my parents they had an arranged marriage my mom got married when she was 21 she saw my dad like maybe once before she got married maybe twice and my dad was 24 so obviously dating is something that's new for them it's only come up in our generation so I can't blame them for that but it caused a lot of underlying tension in our house I would say because the narrative and the conversation when it came to my brother versus me was very different and my mom she was a little bit more understanding my mom grew up in Toronto she came to Canada when she was super young so essentially she went through high school here whereas my dad he came afterwards when he was an adult and so for my dad I felt like it was really hard for him to understand and for him to grasp that I would like guys and I would be dating and I you know it's not just going to be that I find a guy and then in my later adult years and then I'm just going to get married and that's it my parents specifically my dad he would say like start dating when you're 18 then I turned 18 he was like you can start dating when you are in your second year of university. Got into my second year of university. He's like, you can start dating once you once you graduate with your undergrad. And um, it was just funny. I mean, they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know that I had like a boyfriend this entire time. But for my my brother, that that never that conversation never took place. He was never told that once you turn this age, that is when you will be allowed to date. And I feel like it's really sad that, you know, our brothers get so much freedom, whereas we are kind of put on this leash and they, they kind of mask it as we're just trying to protect you. We don't want something to happen to you, but it's just so unfair because I feel like especially dating in your adolescence, that's super important. And it's not just one and done for, for most people. It's not, you have to go through you know, experiencing different relationships and being with different people to finally find that person. For me, I was super lucky. I found my person and we've been very happy in the past couple of years, but I know for other people, that's not necessarily the case. And so, yeah, it was, it was really interesting growing up and seeing how there was such a, such a drastic difference between how that conversation occurred between my brother and I. And so because the conversation around dating was so different between my brother and I, that made me feel like I had to be secretive and I couldn't open up to my parents about my relationship. My mom, like once again, she was a little bit more understanding, but with my dad, I felt like I couldn't tell him. 
You just feel like you can't talk about it with your parents. Whereas my brother was always talking about girls and talking about, you know, what girl liked him and what girl he liked. Whereas for me, I just grew up thinking like, I cannot talk about my relationship. Like that is something that is off limits. And it's really sad. It's actually really sad that I felt like, I almost felt like ashamed now that I think about it. Like internally, I felt shame for having a relationship. And that's not because I was embarrassed by my partner or anything, but I just felt like, oh, like this is something that's off limits and I can't talk about it and I have to be secretive. And oh my God, if my parents find out, I'm going to be dead. Whereas like, what is what would my parents have done? I was basically, you know, graduating high school and I was going into university, like, what would my parents have really done? And they wouldn't have done anything because if anyone knows my parents, they're super understanding. But when you're when you grow up and that conversation is not apparent, you feel like you have to be secretive. You feel like you can't open up. And it's really sad that as women, we are looked down upon if we want to date and if we want to go on dates and all of that. Whereas for men, they're celebrated for that. They're celebrated for going out talking to different women, finding their potential wife or girlfriend, whereas women, we are looked at as, you know, sluts or whores if we want to date around and talk to different men and all of that. And so I, this is just, you know, beyond a cultural thing. This is a societal thing where women are viewed as being not pure or not being innocent, you know, if we want to date and if we want to have different experiences with different men. Like, I'm not trying to out everyone right now, but Auntie, Breathy is not going to dinner every single Friday with her friend. She is going with her boyfriend, okay? You know, she's not going to the library to study. She's going to hang out with her mans. But you know what's crazy is that we feel like we have to be so secretive and then We've, we're put on such a tight leash and we, we aren't allowed to date and we aren't allowed to talk to boys. And then you t- like turn 23 and your parents are like, Mundalabla, which means like find a guy, like start dating, like you need to get married. We need to start looking for Rishthas, you know, Raj, Raj is a really nice guy. Why don't you start talking to Raj? He's really nice. He's going to be a doctor. And it's like, you literally wake up one day and your parents decide, okay, you know what? I have never let my daughter talk to any boy. You cannot look at boys. You grow up being told you cannot look at boys. You cannot breathe the same air as boys. You cannot talk to boys. And then one day, our parents are like, okay, like, you know, you're not getting any younger. It's time to get you hitched and get out of my house. (laughs) Like, what? You literally never let me talk to boys. And now you wake up one day and you're like, you know what? she she's been she's been living her life she's been independent for so long like it's time that you get married and get out of my house like oh my god I just don't understand this concept of we aren't allowed to date we aren't allowed to have the same experiences as our brothers or cousins male cousins and then one day our parents decide yeah you know what you're at the age where you need to get married come on let's get it going And our parents expect that we just find one guy and we stick with him. And there's so much pressure to find like the perfect guy because he has to be perfect. He has to meet up to our parents' expectations. You have to look for a guy that they approve of, the same race, the same, you know, following the same religion, same caste, 
have a good job, come from a good family. He has to look good. He has to be tall. And I'm super lucky that my parents aren't like this. You know, my parents have always said that you can choose whoever you want to be with and we trust your judgment. But I know so many girls don't have that, don't have that same freedom or luxury. You know, they, you have to meet someone that fits the criteria for what your parents are looking for. And so it, it turns from who you want to be with versus who your parents want you to be with. They have this idea of you being with a doctor or being with an engineer. You know, he has to come from a good family. He has to be in the same caste. He has to follow the same religion. He has to, you know, be the same race and come from the same cultural background as you. And so the pressure that comes from parents to find like the perfect guy and they want you to find one guy and stick with him. There's no such thing as like, dating around you know so sad it's really sad that we're expected to just figure it out and he has to meet this criteria and it's less about who is this person what are the characteristics that they possess you know what is their character what are their values what are their morals and more so about the bio data like seriously auntie Sima, what's her name is it Sima? And I don't want to touch on this too much. I didn't even think I was going to touch on this, but domestic violence and mental and physical abusive relationships, I feel like they're so prominent in our community because, I mean, this guy looks great on paper, but little do you know that he's physically and mentally abusive and he's, you know, an alcoholic or a drug addict and all of that. But no, he has a good job and he comes from a good family, so he must be a good person. Like, that does not mean shit. You know, look at the person and actually come to find out who they are rather than the bio data that you see for that person. And I don't know if any girls can relate, but I feel like you start looking for guys that you know your parents will approve of because you don't want to let them down and you know that they're never going to approve. And this whole process of even approval, like obviously you should want your, I mean, most people, maybe to some people it's not important to them, but for me, it was super important that my parents and my partner get along and they have a good relationship, but it, it should never be like an approval thing. Like, okay, I get your stamp of approval so I can continue dating this person. It should be like you guys working towards having a good relationship. And if there is red flags, obviously I would listen to my parents and take their concerns into account. But I mean, if they're just nitpicking and saying, I don't like this and I don't like that, and why is he doing this? And why is he doing that? Why does he look like that? Then obviously that is not a good enough reason. And the amount of relationships I've heard that were forced to end and they had to break up because their parents didn't approve because he wasn't the same cast or he wasn't, you know, tall enough or he didn't come from a good family. It's it's really sad. It's really sad that so many expectations are put on us to find like this picture perfect guy because that's what our parents want and our parents want him to have a good stable job and career over him being kind and being respectful. Okay, enough of me rambling. I'm going to get into the podcast submissions now and answer some of your guys' questions. Just before I start that, once again, I do want to preface, not a licensed professional. I don't have a degree in this. I'm not authorized to be giving advice, so just don't blame me if shit hits the fan, okay? Once again, not a licensed professional. So the first question I received, I just chose a couple from the ones that I received. 
The first one I received was, how did you talk to your parents about your relationships if you have? Okay. Oh, man. I was super, super nervous talking to my dad, particularly about my relationship, more so than my mom. My mom's always been like super cool. And I feel like she has a different perspective on things because she did grow up here and she went to high school in Canada in Toronto. So it's like easier talking to her about it. But basically, (laughs) okay, quick story time. So me and my mom were just sitting around one day. She was always asking me if I was in a relationship, if I was dating someone. I mean, you can only bring flowers home a certain amount of times before they start, like, looking at you sideways and being like, I don't think your friend is getting you red roses, but, like, sure, we'll just go along with that. So I felt like she always knew, and so I just talked to her one day, and I was like, hey, mom, like, what would you do if you found out I was dating someone? And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, what would you say? Like, how would you feel about it? And she was like, are you dating someone? I was like, no, I'm just asking a hypothetical question. And she was like, swear on my life. And oh my God, when moms do swear on my life, what are you supposed to say? So I obviously had to fess up and I was like, yeah, I'm dating someone. And she was super happy. She has always wanted me to have a boyfriend. (laughs) I don't know why. She would like we trying to look for people every time we traveled at the airport she'd be like this guy's cute this guy's cute you should talk to him and so yeah she was super happy about it my mom is the type of person however she cannot keep anything from my dad and so I knew the second that I told her I would have to tell my dad at some point and it would have to be soon and so I told my mom I was like mom you can't tell dad I'm gonna tell dad on my own terms and so my mom's like okay I won't tell your dad the next day my mom comes into my room and she's like I need to tell your dad. Like, I can't keep this to myself. Like, I share every single thing with him and I feel like I'm lying. And I was like, mom, you need to keep it together. Like, you cannot tell him yet. He will not be able to handle it. I was like, yeah, no, you're right. Like, we'll tell your dad soon. Yeah. And so the next day she comes into my room and she's like, Mina, you just have to tell your dad. Like, if you don't tell your dad, I'm going to tell your dad because I just feel like I cannot keep the secret. And so basically what happened is I went upstairs. My dad was taking a nap. I walk into the room And my mom basically ambushed me. She kind of set me up. So thanks a lot, mom. And I walk into the room and she's like, okay, talk to your dad. And my dad's like looking around and he's like, what? And she's like, Mina has something to tell you. And I was like, mom, are you kidding me? And she was like, yeah, you, you guys just have to talk. And my dad's like, what is it? And I was like, uh, and mom was like, tell your dad, come on, just tell him. And my dad's like, you know, whatever it is, you can tell me it's okay. Like you can talk to me about it. And I was like, dad, I have a boyfriend. (laughs) And my dad was shook. He was shook to the core. He had no words. I think he thought I was lying because I was always talking about, I was always joking around and saying that I did, um, just to kind of like see how he was or how he would react. Um, but yeah, I told him, And he was definitely shook. He was definitely shocked in the beginning. It took him a while to process it because, I mean, this is earth-shattering news because I don't know if you guys can relate, but I'm 22, but my dad still thinks I'm like a 10-year-old child. And so I think he was like, wait, what? Like, she talks to boys? She's 22 in her, like, fifth year of university, and she talks to boys? So yeah, it was was definitely a shock. (laughs) 
<laughs> even though like he literally got my mom literally was 21 when they got married but like okay but yeah I I was just straight up with him he asked a couple questions and my parents were super supportive once again I know that's not the case for everyone but I think just the best approach to take with your parents is just being honest with them I feel like when you try to dance around the subject it just makes things worse and so yeah I would just be honest with them and like just approach them in a way of like you know I'm dating this guy and things are going great and kind of tell them a little bit about that person and that kind of like puts their mind at ease because if you just straight out tell them you have a boyfriend but you don't really give any context on your relationship or who this person is it it's a mystery and so to them they their mind goes to like an awful place of like who is she with is he a good guy like is he treating her well and all of that so I just yeah I was super honest with my parents and I was just upfront with them and I think they appreciated that honesty and I think parents all they ever want from us is just to be truthful and not to lie and I also think that they want to hear things come out of your mouth before they hear it from other people and that's kind of what pushed me to talk to my parents was because I didn't want anyone else to take that opportunity away from me and for them to find out from other people before they heard it from their own kid. So just be honest with them and most of the time it'll go well. And I feel like if you're at a place where, you know, you're doing well for yourself and you're mature, they will take you seriously and they'll accept that person. Okay, the next submission is dating outside of your religion, telling your parents about it, and navigating the whole relationship with the language barrier between the two families, also the cultural differences. I don't know what this is like, personally, because my boyfriend is Punjabi, and so am I, and so I've never had to experience that. I do know people who have dated outside of their religion, and I feel like, at the end of the day, as cheesy as this sounds, we're all human, I feel like all of these distinctions between culture and religion and all of that, it was almost made to like separate us and categorize us, but at the end of the day, we're all humans and it shouldn't even matter if that person and you have a good understanding between one another and you love each other, then that should be enough to keep your relationship flourishing. Obviously, it's it's different for us to understand that versus parents. I feel like for parents, they feel like dating outside of your religion or your culture is a huge deal. And I've talked to my parents about this and I've asked them like, why is that? And for my parents, they feel like it brings up problems in the relationship if there are cultural differences and that level of understanding is not exactly the same because with every culture and religion comes different practices. Once again, you just kind of have to be honest with your parents and if this person is a good person and they treat you well, at the end of the day, your parents should be happy for you regardless of, you know, any differences that exist between you and your partner. And I'm not going to lie, like in the beginning, it might take them a while to process everything and they might be shocked and they might be angry at you. But parents always come around like my mama in Toronto to my uncle he married, he was Punjabi and he married a Muslim woman and his dad was obviously very angry in the beginning. He was super against it. He was opposed to it. But in the end, he came around, our entire family came around and they have a beautiful relationship. They have two kids. They're 
you know, happy with themselves and happy with one another. And so, yeah, if your parents are super against it, it's going to be hard in the beginning. There's no avoiding that. But I think they'll come to terms with it, knowing that this person is a good person and you guys love one another. And at the end of the day, most of the time, parents just want to see you happy. All of these other secondary things, you know, having a good job, looking a certain way, being in the same religion and caste, that's just something that they, like, want for us. Navigating your whole relationship with the language barrier between the two families, that is obviously difficult for sure, but... um. I've seen it work, you know, and just because you guys come from two different two different cultures doesn't mean that your family still can't be close. And you you two, like both you and your boyfriend or you and your girlfriend, whoever, you guys kind of can be that bridge to bring the families together. And like, you know, learning to accommodate each other's cultures. Language barrier is obviously tough, but I feel like yeah, just be like that bridge for one another and like help bring the families together and I've, I've seen it work I've seen you know Punjabi people with white people and like the Punjabi family speaks little to no English and obviously the white family doesn't speak Punjabi but they still hang out together and they still have family events together so they'll learn to kind of accept each other's cultures over time and each other's languages and they'll have a level of understanding amongst themselves as your relationship progresses. As for the cultural differences, I think families and parents really appreciate effort. So if you're kind of showing to your boyfriend's parents or even your girlfriend's parents, whatever perspective this is, that you're trying and you're trying to understand their religion or sorry, and their culture and accepting their culture, effort goes a long way. So just, you know, accepting one another's cultures and kind of participating in their cultural events or any practices that they have and putting in that effort, that can go a long way because it kind of shows that, you know, I love this person enough to accept them for who they are and I'm not trying to change them. I think that's super important when you are dating you know, interfaith relationships and all of that, I think it's, you don't want to change who you are unless you want to, of course. Um, and you want to stay firm in your beliefs, but then also accepting that other person's culture and being like, I love you enough to accept who you are and not want to change you and actually want to show you that I do care about where you come from and your culture and where your parents come from. And I want to learn that part of you. Have you ever gotten back with an ex? I was with him for three years after a long breakup. I'm struggling right now because my ex and I have been apart for six months, but there's so much pressure from my parents to make it work because they are old-fashioned. I feel like for parents, once again, like I was saying before, parents, when they know about a relationship, it can be tough because they kind of become invested in that relationship. And one of the questions I actually got, another one of the questions that I actually got was, what are some challenges that you faced when telling brown parents about your relationship? And I'll kind of tie that into this question. So with parents, I feel like it's difficult because once you tell them about a relationship, they become invested in it. And so for me, I think that's why I hesitated to tell my parents for so long. And it wasn't because I doubted my relationship or I didn't think that this is the person I want to be with forever, but it was just because life happens, you know, anything can happen, you never know. And sometimes things change, feelings change. And so 
I felt like it was super important for me personally. I wanted to be ready and I wanted to remain really like solidified in my relationship before I told my parents because they do become invested and for them it's like when you tell them it's like a big deal and for me it was a big deal I never wanted my parents to be like you know I didn't want it to be a revolving door where I'm introducing them to a new person every single week and so personally I think it's important make sure that you're ready and make sure that you're really strong and concrete in your relationship before you introduce your parents to that person because yeah once again they get invested and if you break up or whatever they also like all of a sudden are a part of your breakup now because you have to like tell them and let them in and let them know what happened and all of that and inadvertently they do become involved in your relationship and they do become kind of a part of that process and so I understand from a parental point where like they're just like you know like it's okay you guys can make it work like don't worry you'll be fine sometimes it's hard for parents to understand that just there's some relationships that just don't work and don't stand the test of time and sometimes you outgrow the relationship and you just realize that you're just not meant to be together and there's nothing that you can do no matter how many times you try to make it work or you get back together and what I would just say is that You just need to be honest with yourself and be honest with your parents if you don't think this relationship will work between your your ex and yourself and there's just like no going back from everything. Just be honest with them and sit them down and be like, you know, mom and dad, this relationship, it just didn't work out. We realized we were different people or whatever happened. You don't even have to get into like the nitty gritty of what happened, but like just be honest with them and say, it didn't work out. We've been separated for six months and I just don't think that we're ever going to get back together and we're just two different people and we're doing our own thing right now and I want to focus on myself my career and my family and um once again yeah I just think being honest with them and if you kind of give your parents something to hold on to most often times they will so if you're kind of like dancing around the subject and being like oh we might get back together oh yeah I'll see what happens they're kind of kind of take that that hope and run with it like they're never gonna let go of that so you kind of just have to make things very black and white and be like you know look mom and dad we're not getting back together we will never get back together I want to focus on myself he's not the right person for me and I just want to move forward And I just think being super transparent is super important in this moment. And yeah, I wish you all the best, girl. I hope things work out for you. Um, But have I ever gone back with an ex? I mean, I've only had one relationship and me and my boyfriend have had our ups and downs. But um, I mean, I've been with the same person, so it's kind of hard for me to comment on that. But I would just say like... You kind of know the answer within within yourself, and I feel like sometimes we kind of avoid that voice in our head, and if you know that this person isn't right for you, you kind of know instinctually, no matter how many times you try to make it work, you know, if it's not going to work, and if you just don't have that foundation for your relationship, like if trust has been broken, or if you guys just want different things, and you'll never come to like a consensus, then... I think it's just better off to end the relationship and move forward and grow 
apart from one another. Okay, and the last submission I'm going to answer is the appropriate age to get married, your take on it about how some want to get married after 26 and some before 26. What is the right age or do you believe it's whenever you're ready? Should your par- or should your partner respect if you want to get married earlier than most people? Oh man, the M word, marriage. <laughs> it, this is a loaded question for sure. Truthfully, I do not think that there's a right or appropriate age to get married. I think it totally depends and it's totally situational depending on the person. For one person, they might feel like getting married at 21 is what they want and they're at that stage in their life where they want to get married versus some people don't get married until their 30s. I truly don't think that there's a right age or a certain time when you like are ready to get married. Yeah, I just think it's like whenever you're ready and if you and your partner have that understanding and I think this is a super important question if you are in a long-term relationship to talk to your partner about you want to make sure you guys are on the same page you should never force someone into something that they don't want to do and so if your partner I don't think your partner has any obligation to respect if you want to get married earlier you can't force someone to show up to the wedding and get married to you I think this is a worth a conversation and obviously you need to make sure that you guys are on the same page and whether that's getting married earlier and starting your life together at an early age or if you guys kind of want to do your own thing and you know just kind of like be independent for a while and then you get married later on um I don't think your partner has any obligation to respect if you want to get married earlier but obviously everything once again is situational some people's situations are very different and um yeah I don't think there's any appropriate age to get married it's funny because for me things have changed a lot like I always used to say I didn't want to get married until my 30s like I just wanted to be settled in my career and myself before I got married now things are obviously different now that my brother's passed away and my dad has a chronic and terminal illness My dad's been wanting me to get married a little bit earlier and that's because he just wants to be a part of my wedding and he wants to see that, you know, before something happens to him. And so he's been wanting me to get married earlier. And it's tough because it's like, it's a very fine line of like wanting to obviously please your parents because I feel like just as brown daughters, we just always have this incessant need to like, make your parents happy but then also like I need to focus on myself and what makes me happy and what I want to do and I don't want to get married yet I don't see myself getting married yet and there's nothing wrong if you do there's nothing wrong with it if you do if you do want to get married young but that's just not something that I see for myself I want to be established in my career and so that's just been a topic of conversation for us where it's like look, dad, I love you and I want you to be at my wedding and I want to do that for you. And especially now being his only child, I of course want to give him the opportunity to see his kid get married because I mean, my brother's not around to do that for them. And I always like used to think like, my brother can have this big brown lavish wedding that they want and I will have like a very small intimate wedding when I'm ready. But things have changed and I want to give him that opportunity, but I also need my dad to respect that it's just not my time and I don't want to rush into something that I'm not ready for and then later resent them in my adulthood and kind of 
be angry with them that they pushed me into a decision that I didn't want to be a part of. And so, yeah, I think it's definitely important first and foremost to talk to your partner. Ask them what do they want, you know, and obviously things change. There's no plan or timeline that you have to stick to. Or it's not like if you and your partner say, okay, let's get married at 25, you have to stick to that. Things can change. Circumstances changed. For me, they definitely did. And I probably will get married earlier than 30 because I want to give my dad the opportunity to see his kid's wedding. But talk to your partner, assess what they want. And sometimes, you know, that can be very telling. If you guys are on different pages, then maybe this relationship isn't right. Or maybe there is some sort of compromise that has to come from um, both ends. So, yeah. And I feel like something that I also wanted to touch on is for women, especially the idea of marriage. And this is something that I've always, always hated is the fact that, especially for brown girls, marriage is seen as like this accomplishment. For a woman, it's like your greatest accomplishment if you're married. And if you're not married, there's always something wrong with the girl. I've heard so many instances, even my own relatives talk about, oh my God, like she's 30 and she's not married. There must be something wrong with her or she's way too picky. Her standards are way too high, way too high. She just needs to settle. And it's like, why is it that for a woman, her greatest accomplishment is being married and bearing children? Why isn't it her career or what she achieves, you know, through her education and her merit and her work ethic like why is that not celebrated why is it that it's like there is automatically something wrong with a woman if she decides that she doesn't want to get married or she wants to get married later on in her life and she's seen as a failure in a sense because she does want to get married later on and a lot of the the narrative that is spun for a woman is like your life begins once you get married I remember my mom telling me that she wasn't even allowed to get like her eyebrows done or her nose pierced until after she was married, which is like absolutely ridiculous. And I know this is like, we're talking about 20 years ago, but like she was told that, you know, you can do these things and you can go certain places once you're married because automatically, apparently once you're married and once your identity is attached to a man, that's when your life starts. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's really it's really sad that we're brought up to think that like, you know, finding a man, keeping a man and marrying that man and having his children is like the greatest thing that we can achieve. And that is, you know, how we continue our legacy. And if you don't do that, and if you don't follow that conventional path, then there is something wrong with you automatically. And you have failed your family and you have failed your parents and you're a disappointment. And so for anyone that feels that way, that is not true. Like, you have so much more to offer to the world and to your family and to yourself more so than getting married and just following this conventional path. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with marriage. Of course, no. Like if you want to get married and be a stay-at-home wife, that's totally fine. More power to you. Being a mom and being a wife is, you know, a huge job. It comes with a lot of responsibility, but it's just sad when women are pushed to do that or it's like, The amount of times I've been told like, oh, you know, just marry rich and enjoy your life. You don't even have to work. It's like, I want to work and I want to have my own career and I want to make something for myself. I don't want to sit at home while my husband brings in all the money and, you know, is the breadwinner. And it's not even an ego thing. It's like, I want to have, I want to 
have more for my life than just staying at home and being a stay-at-home mom. And yeah, it's, it's just sad that as women, that opportunity is taken away from us. And not only that, it's just that like our other accomplishments in life aren't deemed as being that significant compared to being a mom or being a wife. It's International Women's Day, the day that this episode is coming out. So, you know, to all of you boss-ass independent women, you know, I am so proud of you. Being a woman is the most amazing thing and we are capable of so much and we are more than just being a daughter or being a mom or being a wife. We are creatives, we are business women, we are CEOs, and we have so much more to offer to this world and offer to ourselves. And we are strong, we are independent, and we are capable of doing whatever a man can do. So if you're listening to this on the day that this episode comes out, or honestly, for any day that matter, celebrate yourself. You are amazing and you are worthy of so many great things. Okay, and that is it for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed I might do a part two to this episode because I feel like there's still a lot of things that I haven't touched on, like ghosting, dating apps, they'll mill. So I would love to do a part two to this episode and let me know if you guys want to see a part two and maybe I will ask you guys to submit questions and we'll do another one of the struggles of being a brown girl in the dating world. But yeah, that is it for me. Make sure you guys submit your submissions on the Google form for the pod. So any topics you'd like me to discuss, any guests you'd like me to have on, comments or questions. I really love reading through those and it's just so awesome to see your direct feedback. Other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you like to listen to your podcasts. Make sure you follow the official Instagram page for The Social Outcast. It is The Social Outcast Pod on Instagram. And make sure you leave a review and a rating and let me know how you enjoyed this episode. And that is it for me this week. And with all of that being said, that is a wrap on this week's episode of The Social Outcast. Bye, guys. Bye.